Live around the globe, it's time for Rudy Max's World on the SSI Radio Network. I've been everywhere, man. I've been everywhere, man. Across the deserts, bear, man. I breathe the mountain air, man. I travel, I've had my share, man. I've been everywhere. Get on the phone now and call 800-387-8025. That's 1-800-387-8025. Or email the show at info at rudymaxa.com. And now, the savvy traveler himself, Rudy Maxa. Welcome back to the second hour of Rudy Maxa's World. Nice to have you aboard. Now, if you just tuned in, I'm broadcasting this show live from a castle-turned-hotel in County Donegal in northwestern Ireland. And I'm sitting in a... Well, I'm in a library sitting room, I guess you'd call it, just off the lobby of Loch Esk Castle. And while abundant rain has led poets to call Ireland the Emerald Isle, today the sun is streaming in the castle windows. Well, it's not streaming in right now because it's now moved over to the west on the other side. But it's sunny outside. And yesterday it was sunny all day, too, until uh, early evening. There's a fall nip in the air, and I'm about oh, about 20 feet away from... Uh, uh, the fire that's lit here in the library, burning brightly. All I need is a pint of Guinness and a book of poetry by William Butler Yeats, who spent his childhood nearby here. Uh, and I feel 100% Irish, for goodness sake. Uh, Western Ireland is much less visited than other parts of this country, and as far as I'm concerned, that's one reason to recommend it. The people here are warm and welcoming. Step in any pub and you won't be a stranger for long. And speaking of pubs, later this hour we're going to talk to the proprietor of a local one. But I can tell you that the Ireland of sausage and potatoes of yore is given away to menus, even in pubs, of fresh fish and salads. And we're going to talk a, in a few minutes with the chef here at Loch S Castle about the new Irish cuisine. Last night, I was uh, honored to be invited to a local resident's home for an evening of storytelling and poetry and singing and dancing as well, by the way. More than 20 neighbors gathered in the living room of Sean Travers, and it was quite unlike any evening I've spent anywhere else. Uh, we were seated in a large circle, and a story stick was passed from person to person. Now, so if you held on to the stick when it was handed to you, you had the floor, and you could sing a song, you could recite poetry, you could tell a story, original or otherwise. There's an enormous buffet of meats and seafood and salads and desserts prepared by Maura Reynolds. Then it was back to a couple of Irish jigs, a fiddler and accordionist, and then more storytelling. Well, this hour we're going to talk about the Irish knack for telling stories, but before we launch into all things Irish, uh, let me just touch on the major travel news story of the week that followed last weekend's unusual snowstorm in the Northeast United States. The worst of that storm hit after our broadcast last weekend, but you probably heard about the passengers stuck on a JetBlue aircraft on the tarmac of the Bradley Airport in Connecticut for seven hours late last Saturday, seven hours in that plane. I know JetBlue is refunding everyone's ticket. The Transportation Department is investigating why the airline and airport couldn't uh, get those passengers off that plane or at least resupply it with food and water. But I think the larger question here is how could this happen after these previous winters uh, seem to teach everyone a lesson in bad weather crisis management? Uh, for its part, the airport said its resources were stretched thin, handling 23 planes diverted there due to foul weather. But seven hours? I ask you, seven hours? Gregory Principato is the president of, the, of Airports Council International in North America. He's been involved in aviation issues for more than 26, uh, 25 years. Greg, welcome to the show. Thank you, Rudy. Good to be on. And I have to say I'm jealous of the fact that you're sitting in Western Ireland uh looking out over that scene you described. You should be. It is gorgeous. Nothing but green grass out here and a fountain in, of the, in front of the castle. I'm in a castle, Greg, I'm telling you. <laughs> I spent the first night of my honeymoon in a castle-turned-hotel in uh, western Ireland, so I know exactly how you feel. I think they're still talking about that honeymoon couple <laughs> that came there. Yeah. 
now, your association re uh, represents the nation's airports. Does it seem inconceivable to you that this thing happened in uh, at Connecticut Airport for seven hours last weekend? Well, look, uh, I'm, I'm not here to, to sugarcoat things. Certainly, the, the system didn't work well. People were terribly inconvenienced, as you've described, and we need to, you know, to learn and do better all around. Let me make a, just a couple quick points. Um, airlines and airports have plans to address you know, irregular operations and. You know, uh, part of the discussion over this past week was getting the federal government even more involved. There's really no need for any new federal bureaucracy or, or paperwork. Just really That's a few good to hear. Uh, really just a few simple changes, better coordination. And let me give you two, two real quick points on that. Number one, you know, the government rules we have now say that airlines should coordinate uh, with airports. Right. And um, sometimes what that means is the airline will, will send the airport its plan, and there's no real engagement after that. So we really need to have the airlines engaging better with the airport uh, to go over those plans and talk about, about what they'll do in these, um, in these circumstances. And second of all, you, you described a little bit of this in your open. Now, airport officials don't really have much ability to tell the FAA or anybody else not to send them um, a large number of diverted planes. You mentioned 23 diversions. There were actually 28. Five of them were able to get off uh, the ground pretty quickly after they got there. But the, the airport there is 22 gates. And so you send 28 airport, um, air, aircraft to the, to the airport that they weren't anticipating that, in addition to the aircraft that are already scheduled to be there, come into, come into the airport, clearly two pounds of bologna in a one-pound bag. Right, right. But I don't know. I, obviously, I don't run an airport. I don't run an airline. But it, it just seems like in the course of seven hours, something could have been done, whether a bus being sent out there, someone shoveling a walkway to the plane and walking everybody off. Am I naive in thinking this? Well, I, I think a, a couple of things. First of all, the way the system works, you know, the airlines and the, you know, the pilot make the decision regarding you know, whether to unload the passengers. I'm guessing, I don't know, the investigation will, will uncover this, but uh, that the, the pilot probably thought that he would be able to be, to be refueled and, and, and get out of there. Um, job one for the airport during a situation where we've got a foot of snow coming down is to keep the runway and taxiway uh, clear so that the planes can, can safely uh, can safely land to move around, um, but you know the the system really requires the airline to be in, in, to be working with the airport so that the airport managers know who's out there. You know the, the airport manager can't roll a set of stairs out to the airplane and roll it up there and run up with a bunch of pizzas and a bunch of water and bang on the plane and you know demand to be let in. I've got pizza. You know it's uh, there has to be that coordination. But we ha I, I think you're talking about long, you know, advanced prep coordination. But do you think there was no coordination between the pilot and the control tower at that airport at the, well, for seven well, hours? Well, I think all that will be. Uh, uh, I think all that will be uncovered in the course of what what DOT is going to look at. And like I said, you know, there, there's a system in place. There are clearly things that need to be done to make it to make it better. There needs to be better coordination. The, the airlines need to better engage the airports in terms of what their plans are. Um, the, the airports need to be able to make some decisions about whether uh, to bring all these, you know, so the two-pound of bologna and a one-pound bag syndrome, how to stop that, uh, how to stop that from happening. Uh, well, we've only got about 30 seconds left, Greg, so we can't really go into this $27,000 per passenger fine thing. I don't know if the government's going to levy that, but you would have th thought after three hours, when you reached that four-hour deadline, the pilot would have been really panicking on behalf of JetBlue. Well, you, you, you would think, and again, the, the investigation will uncover that. And again, too, that the airport needs to know before the two-hour and 59-minute mark that there's something going on out there, that they're going to need help, they're going to need a bus, they're going to need some help in, in getting people off the plane. And, um, you know, you, you can't wait until there's a couple of minutes left. 
Uh, so the, the investigation will, will indicate what happened in this specific case. Like I said at the top, clearly um, things, can, um, things can work better. We have a system in place, but let's make it work better. Maybe have you back on after that investigation is made public. Is that okay, Greg? We'd love to do it. Thanks very much. Thank you. Enjoy Ireland. Thank you so much. Greg uh, Principato is the president of Airports Council International in North America. And uh, first time on the show, nice to have him on. We'll keep him in the Rolodex. Coming up, telling stories in Donegal. You're listening to Rudy Max's World. We're coming to you live this weekend from Loch Esk Castle in County Donegal. You can find more information on Western Ireland by going to RudyMaxa.com and clicking on the Ireland graphic on the homepage. Rudy Max's World phone lines are open now, so call us at 800-387-8025. We'll be back after these messages. Ireland invites you to the exclusive Cliff Corknickles. Intrigued by Cliff Corknickles? It's simple. After gasping at the Cliffs of Moher, too exhausted to talk, one starts listening to the chronicles of the locals in Cork, known for spinning a good yarn. Bring a fresh pot of tea, because in a land famous for its wool, the yarn can last all night. Cliffs of Moher, Cork, Chronicles, Cliff Corknickles. Flex that mouth and brace those ears. Take a vacation from the typical vacation. DiscoverIreland.com. Find great value vacation offers at DiscoverIreland.com. I have this dizzy feeling every time I get out of bed, like spinning. I don't know why. It's awful. I get dizzy when I read or work on the computer. I get lightheaded walking down a hall or aisle. Or unsteady on my feet. I lose my balance and get a little motion sick. It's like vertigo. That dizzy feeling in a car, train, or air plane. It's awful. An inner ear problem. Most likely your vestibular system. Now there's Zyvestra. An amazing, fast-acting dual-action tabs and targeted cream. You rub behind your ear. Behind your ear. And it works in an advanced homeopathic way to relieve dizziness. It relieves that vertigo feeling. That dizzy feeling gone. Zyvestra is amazing. No more suffering from dizziness and queasiness. Wake up with better balance. Call right now for your risk-free trial of Zyvestra. Call 1-800-304-1684. 800-304-1684. Stop the dizziness. Call 800-304-1684. That's 800-304-1684. Get in the zone. High gas prices got you down? AutoZone can help. Using a fuel system cleaner is an easy way to improve engine performance and fuel economy. Right now at AutoZone, save $2 on a 6-ounce bottle of Gum Out Regain Complete Fuel System Cleaner. See store for restrictions and details. Maximize your miles per gallon with help from AutoZone today. Because parts are just part of what we do. Get in the zone. AutoZone. The telephone number to call the program is 800-387-8025. That's 1-800-387-8025. Or visit the show online at RudyMaxa.com. Here again is Rudy Maxa. 18 minutes after the hour, coming to you live from uh, the western part, the northwestern part of Ireland. It's great to be here. We are in the uh, Loch Ech. Want to say that the E at the end, Lock Esque Castle Hotel, and delighted to be here. You'll hear the fire. You can actually hear the fire crackling in the background. I think there's wood making some crackling noise. You may occasionally hear some folks down there having a glass of wine by the fire and reading. Uh, we're coming to you live, and the ambient sound you hear is, well, live sound. There, there's the crackling of the fire. I love that. This segment of Rudy Max's World, I should say, is brought to you by discoverireland.com forward slash west coast uh, with breathtaking landscapes. I'll attest to that. 
authentic cultural heritage and local people you'll adore. I'll attest to both of those. The West Coast of Ireland is yours to discover. I can't encourage that strong enough. You can find out more information by going to discoverisland.com forward slash West Coast, or it's a lot easier. Just go to rudymaxa.com, and right there on the homepage is an, uh, a graphic that says Ireland. Click on it, and you'll get all kinds of information. For the last two days, I have been escorted around uh, County Donegal, uh, by my new best friend, Keith Corcoran. He is, he's an author, he's a poet, he's a walking guide, he's a tour guide. Uh, he's, he's County Donegal's Renaissance man. And uh, he's got a book, by the way, out called Journey in Wonder, subtitled A Global Adventure and Personal Discovery. Um, he's a thoughtful writer and a very funny writer, by the way, and I'm delighted to have him in the show. Thanks for coming in. It's great to be here, Rudy. It's the first day. You haven't been showing me all over town. Yeah, this is my day off. It is your well, and you're working already. <laughs> I, I wanted to talk about storytelling traditions in, in Donegal, because, uh, Donegal, because just uh, during the news, I mentioned that you took me last night uh, to Sean's house for this incredible evening of poetry, singing. I mean, something we never do in the United States, sadly. Now, maybe some really, you know, old world Irish communities do it, but nobody in my hood does it. How did you come to be a storyteller? Well... I guess it's in the blood, Rudy. My uh, grandfather was a storyteller. And in days before television or uh, laptops or the internet, he used to ramble from neighbor house to neighbor house during long winter uh, evenings and tell stories, funny stories, often stories that actually happened to him. He was a carpenter and he used to travel the byways and highways of, uh, of Donegal and it was stories through his life and he would share these stories by the fireside and of course neighbours uh, loved him. His uh, nickname was John Shine. What does that mean? Well I think uh, it had a double meaning because my grandfather apparently always kept a very uh, shiny well-polished pair of shoes but I think it was the kind of the shine that he brought into people's Homes as well with his stories. So he was like a professional guest. Kind of, yeah. It I mean, had perks, you know, Rudy. I mean, did he? Did they serve him dinner? I mean, what, what were the perks? The perks were he could get a bottle of Guinness or oh. maybe a, a dram of whiskey, which uh, I think you got experience off as well last night. I did. As I was leaving, I had to have a goodbye, you know, right, wee glass of whiskey, as it was described. He wasn't all that wee, frankly. All right. <laughs> You have been, you're 35 years old, and you are already telling stories. I mean, you stood up last night and did an original poem that you wrote that was very funny. It had to do with uh, a local um, highway lighting project here that uh, we call it in the United States a pork barrel project gotten by a politician who's from the area. Like and it was that. very, very funny. And then you also recited someone else's uh, poem. Um, I, I, did your father tell stories? Did it skip a generation? I think it skipped a generation. My father uh, isn't as interested in it now as my grandfather. And but... wait, wait, how did you, first of all, how do you become a storyteller? Just by telling stories, or does someone officially designate you a storyteller at some point? Well, it's funny, Rudy. It's, you know, Irish people, you probably have gathered this from, you know, we've, uh, yesterday when we went into the old castle bar and you heard the level of conversation. Irish people don't like to stay quiet, you know. And I remember I was about 19 years of age and there was a whole crowd of people. And this guy came in, he must have been in his 60s. And he actually recited the, the funny poem that I recited. And I just went, wow, now that's something that I'd like to do, you know, to hold an audience like that. 
and uh, get a couple of laughs into the bargain. Well, Irish Ireland is known for for stories and for uh, myths. Um, you know, the wee people and leprechauns and that sort of thing. Are there wee people here, by the way? Um, there are wee people. Yeah. Well, we call we call them the fairy folk. You know, yeah. and it's funny. It's maybe my father's generation. They thought like this is weird. They were big into modernity, you know. And they, but it's funny. My own generation are taking an interest in this again. But in my grandfather's time, it was serious business, you know. He didn't like, for instance, if somebody uh, was washing the dishes, and uh, they had finished the. Uh, washing the dishes for the evening. Well, when they opened the front door to throw out the water, they would say, watch out, folks, because they didn't want to drown the wee folk if they were hanging around the front door. <laughs> you have a poem about them, don't you? I've got a poem about them. It's called The Fairies, and it's funny because this poem was inspired by a valley very close to where we are now, Rudy. It's called The Fairy Glen, and there's a poet by the name of William Allingham, and you can check out his... Uh, he's got a, po a collection of poetry online now is why you can get it. Um, he wrote this poem. He was inspired. The local people brought him out to this glen and they would never build houses or hunt the animals in this glen because they said that the glen was enchanted. So I'm going to give you three verses, if I can recall them. It's called The, w the Fairies by William Allingham. Up the airy mountain, down the rushy glen, we daren't go a-hunting for fear of little men. We folk, good folk, trooping all together, with green jacket, red cap, and white owl feather. Down along the rushy glen, some make their home. They live on crispy pancakes of yellow tide foam. <laughs> some in the reeds of the black mountain lake, with frogs as their watchdog, all night awake. High upon a hilltop, the old king sits. He is now so old and grey, he's nigh lost his wits. On a bridge of white mist, Glen Colum Kelly crosses. On his stately journeys from Sleeve League to the Rosses. That is great. And by the way, uh, my guest Keith Corcoran just recited that by memory. So I think that's part. A good memory seems to be one of the qualifications for being a storyteller, isn't it? Yeah, well, it's again the oral tradition. In Ireland, uh, like po poets would be able to maybe recite or storytellers perhaps recite. Remember I was telling you uh, uh, the wandering storytellers of Ireland would maybe take two nights to tell a story, but there was a practical <laughs> um, uh, application to that as well. Which was? Which was if the wandering storytellers were usually looking for free bed and breakfast as well in the house. So if they wanted to stretch out the hospitality, they would... They would do the story in two parts. Stay tuned. We'll be back tomorrow evening. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so they'd only tell half the story, then have to spend the night and have breakfast and lunch and dinner and continue the story the next day. Absolutely. Did people make a living doing this in, in, once upon a time? Um, I, not so much a living, I guess, as a sort of a lifestyle. Mm -hmm. You know, there's always, I mean, we journeymen and journeywomen who decide that a nine-to-five uh, nine uh, job and life is not for them. So these guys would have taken to the roads and they basically would have done tours of Ireland back then, telling stories. But the, the great thing about it is they spread the stories then and they kept the stories alive by the generosity of the people. But even nowadays, if I go into my local tavern and if I was to tell a recitation, you're bound to get a couple of free, uh, you're bound to get a couple of free uh, wee, wee 
whiskeys or pints of the publican. Got it. Uh, we just have about a minute left, Keith. But one thing that you started here, which is very interesting, because um, a friend of mine uh, named Dan Butner has a best-selling book in the United States called Blue Zones, in which he talks about bringing community back to neighborhoods in, in the United States. And one of the things he, he organizes in, in, in smaller towns, he's gradually doing larger towns, is, is walking groups, getting citizens to come out and go walking together because then they get to know each other, they talk, uh, they get exercise, they get healthier. Uh, Blue Zones re refers to those parts of the world where people live the longest. And this is one of his theories that, that walking and, and particularly social activity while walking uh, will help someone live longer and be healthier. And you organize a similar uh, operation here, haven't you? That's right. Uh, two years ago, I set up a group called the Green Exercise Walkers. And our whole motto is the best therapy in life is get out walking outdoors and get talking to one another. And I'd just like to say as well, Rudy, you know, that Donegal has such a fabulous, fabulous wealth of back roads and hills and mountains to explore. There's no question. I mean, this is such a beautiful place for hiking. Hey, uh, Keith Corcoran, first of all, thank you for showing me around for two days and last night taking me to the storytelling event. And thanks for coming on the show. And and uh, if you'd like to read some of uh, uh, Keith Corcoran's writing, you can order his book at journeyinwonder.com. That's journeyinwonder.com. Keith, thanks for being here. It's my pleasure. I'm here at Loch Esk uh, uh, Castle. It literally is a 17th century castle that has been restored to, uh, to beauty to become a luxury hotel. And I'm in County Donegal in northwestern Ireland. Wish you were here. Stick around. When we come back, we're going to talk with a chef about uh, what I would like to call New Ireland Irish cuisine. I don't know if he will, but we'll see. Call now to talk to Rudy Maxa at 800-387-8025. You can also email the show anytime at info at rudymaxa.com. Attention savvy travelers, Rudy Maxa here. If you're like me, you can't afford to take chances when you travel. You need medical evacuation service that's dependable and won't cost you a fortune in hidden fees. You need MedJet Assist. As a member, if you're hospitalized over 150 miles from home, MedJet will arrange medical transfer to the hospital of your choice free of charge. Believe me, you won't find protection like this from any other company, which is why I'm a member. It's time to travel smarter. Visit TakeTripsNotChances.com and sign up today. MedJet Assist. Take trips, not chances. Get in the zone. High gas prices got you down? AutoZone can help. Using a fuel system cleaner is an easy way to improve engine performance and fuel economy. Right now at AutoZone, save $2 on a 6-ounce bottle of Gum Out Regain Complete Fuel System Cleaner. See store for restrictions and details. Maximize your miles per gallon with help from AutoZone today. Because parts are just part of what we do. Get in the zone. Auto zone. Participate in the program, call now at 800-387-8025 or log on to RudyMaxa.com. Here's Rudy Maxa. 33 minutes after the hour where you are, 33 minutes after the hour here in northwestern Ireland in County Donegal. I'm coming to you from the Loch S Castle where I'm 
staying for a couple days while doing this show. It's been a wonderful two days uh, here. In case uh, you think you can hear the crackling fire, by the way, in the background, uh, we're in a sort of library sitting room. Um, and this is, I got to tell you, it's one of the few resorts I've ever been in where people actually do sit by the fire and read books for hours on end. It's a, it's a most relaxing site. There's plenty of other stuff to do here. There's horseback riding, there's bike riding, there's archery and target shooting, angling and fishing, golfing, of course, Irish, uh, Excuse me, uh, dolphin uh, watching and surfing, whale watching and surfing. Uh, you heard uh, a few minutes ago from uh, uh, one of uh, one of the resident surfers here. That was big news to me. Uh, the hotel can also arrange a high-speed inflatable boat tour of Donegal Bay. I didn't go on that, but uh, I imagine that's a great amount of fun. And you can also eat very well here, which brings me to my next guest. His name is Philip Ferber, and he's the executive chef here at Lock S Castle. Philip, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Good Tell afternoon, me. Ruby. Nice to be here. Nice to have you here. Tell me a little about yourself. How did you get into this uh, this racket, as my father would say? Yeah, I um, I actually um, went to Ireland uh, last year in April, so I'm here just uh, one and a half years. Um, I worked for the same company in Germany, that, so that's uh, that's the connection. I worked uh, two years for the Capella Hotel Group in Germany, and uh, then I moved to Ireland. And and uh, you've been here f for that entire time in Ireland. Yes, that's that's correct at the castle. Yeah. And I, I had the pleasure of eating dinner at your restaurant two nights ago when I, when I arrived, and uh, I noticed that you were sourcing local duck and uh, other, other items on your menu. Uh, we have an expression in the United States, farm to table. Is that an expression that's, that, that is used here in Ireland as well? Yeah, you can say that. Um, we have um, um, what is very good. We have um, our fish sourced locally just half an hour from here at the Kittybacks Harbor. It's uh, uh, Ireland's uh, largest uh, fishing port. Mm -hmm. um, so we get the fish every morning fresh um, from uh, from the boat. So that's uh, that's brilliant. Can't be better. Um, so and all these um, products are of course implemented in our menu, like uh, fresh uh, scallops, like uh, salmon, like sea trout, like uh, codfish, and uh, we created some signature dishes. Um, what uh, um, yeah, what are well known now for uh, Locas Castle, and um, yeah, that's that's what we're doing. And tell me about uh, beef, and do, do you ever have venison, for example? I know there are a lot of deer here. Yes, that's correct. Uh, the venison time starts uh, actually now in, in the autumn-winter time, and um, we will uh, have it back on the menu um, the next two weeks uh, when it's really up to season. And um, we, are, we are using a lot of beef, of course. So one of our signature dishes is as well a beef shoulder. Uh, we are sourcing locally, um, um, and uh, the duck is locally sourced as well. And these are actually our uh, most popular dishes. And what, what is hard to get here? Hard to get here is everything. Um, I, I made my education in Michelin star restaurants, and they have all this uh, French cuisine, um, French cuisine products um, like um, like uh, Riz de Veau, um, um, for graph, for example. So it's it's pretty hard to find this on the menu here. Um, but what I uh, uh, as well think. Um, doesn't really make sense to have this on the menu here because you have so great products here in this area. You can source locally, and so why don't create an authentic, um, you know, authentic menu with traditional um, or, or uh, products from Irish origin? What do you think the perception is in the world of Irish cuisine generally, and what do you think the reality? And is the reality different than that? 
The perception, um, I'm, let, let's talk about the products first. I think the products they have, um, um, the products are very well known for their, for, for their good quality, especially beef. Um, so I worked a, lo a long time in, uh, in Germany and I know that, uh, that the Irish beef cheek is very popular in Germany. Um, it's pretty much number one. So there's no other country you, uh, we would uh, source it from. And then uh, the Philly and be beef in general is very popular. Mm -hmm. um, um, generally, I think um, the last 10, 15 years, the Irish cuisine made a fantastic development. Um, you can see more and more chefs now on TV shows. Uh, that means uh, more and more people get interested. What, what am I eating here? Um, can you uh, tell me more about the food? I'm interested in the food. Um, probably 10, 15 years ago, nobody really knew what do I have on my plate and where does it come from and how do I cook it? Um, this uh, mindset has changed uh, big time and um, it helps a lot that uh, after the dinner that you speak to the customer as well. To They have a lot of questions. They're interested in, in, in your person. They're interested in your menu. So that uh, that really gives you a good feeling uh, and uh, um, that you that you do the right thing. Well, I really appreciate your coming on the show, Philip, and I certainly appreciate your cooking. And I know you're having a food and wine special weekend this weekend, and, and we've been invited to dine tonight, and I look forward to it. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you. It sounds to me as if uh, uh, generally in the United Kingdom that uh, I remember 15 years ago, as the chef said, um, and then, Philip, don't leave the microphone. I mean, remember there was a time when everybody laughed at British food. I mean, the meat was all overcooked and there was too much gravy and so on. And I, it sounds like just as British cuisine has, has stepped it up a bit, so too have you and, I, for that matter, the Scots. Yeah, that's true. Um, for the weddings, we have a lot of weddings here at the castle, of course, and um, but the mindset is still um, I prefer a little bit more, um, middle, a little bit more to the well done side than to the medium side. That's still the mindset, right? Uh, so you need to put a lot of talking in it um, to, to to change the mindset. You'll get them to rare soon. Yeah, it's, yeah hopefully. Philip Ferber is the executive chef here at Lock S Castle. We'll be right back, and we're going to talk to a proprietor of a pub and talk about pub society in Ireland. Don't go away. Rudy Max's world is coming right back. So get on the phone now at 800-387-8025. That's 1-800-387-8025. You can also enjoy the program anytime at RudyMaxa.com. I have this dizzy feeling every time I get out of bed, like spinning. I don't know why. It's awful. I get dizzy when I read or work on the computer. I get lightheaded walking down a hall or aisle. Or unsteady on my feet. I lose my balance and get a little motion sick. It's like vertigo. That dizzy feeling in a car, train, or airplane. It's awful. An inner ear problem. Most likely your vestibular system. Now there's Zyvestra. An amazing, fast-acting... Dual-action tabs and targeted cream. You rub behind your ear. Behind your ear. And it works in an advanced homeopathic way to relieve dizziness. It relieves that vertigo feeling. That dizzy feeling, gone. Zyvestra is amazing. No more suffering from dizziness and queasiness. Wake up with better balance. Call right now for your risk-free trial of Zyvestra. Call 1-800-304-1684. 800-304-1684. Stop the dizziness. Call 800-304-1684. That's 800-304-1684. Get in the zone! High gas prices got you down? AutoZone can help. Using a fuel system cleaner is an easy way to improve engine performance and fuel economy. Right now at AutoZone, save $2 on a 6-ounce bottle of Gum Out Regain Complete Fuel System Cleaner. See store for restrictions and details. Maximize your miles per gallon with help from AutoZone today. 
because parts are just part of what we do. Get in the zone. AutoZone. I'm sure you're thinking, boy, I'd like to pay less for my car insurance, but switching seems like a lot of work. All the hassle and whatnot. Well, I'm here to tell you that is simply not the case. Geico makes it so easy to switch and start saving money straight away without getting buried in a ton of paperwork. You know, that actually happened to me once. Literally, I was buried under my income taxes for six days. Haunting, really. For a free rate quote, visit Geico.com. Geico, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Ireland invites you to the exclusive Cliff Corknickles. Intrigued by Cliff Corknickles? It's simple. After gasping at the Cliffs of Moore, too exhausted to talk, one starts listening to the chronicles of the locals in Cork, known for spinning a good yarn. Bring a fresh pot of tea, because in a land famous for its wool, the yarn can last all night. Cliffs of Moore, Cork, Chronicles, Cliff Corknickles. Flex that mouth and brace those ears. Take a vacation from the typical vacation. DiscoverIreland.com. Find great value vacation offers at DiscoverIreland.com. Attention savvy travelers, Rudy Maxa here. If you're like me, you can't afford to take chances when you travel. You need medical evacuation service that's dependable and won't cost you a fortune in hidden fees. You need MedJet Assist. As a member, if you're hospitalized over 150 miles from home, MedJet will arrange medical transfer to the hospital of your choice free of charge. Believe me, you won't find protection like this from any other company, which is why I'm a member. It's time to travel smarter. Visit TakeTripsNotChances.com and sign up today. MedJet Assist. Take Trips, Not Chances. This segment of the program is brought to you by MedJet Assist. Unlike other evacuation services, only MedJet Assist lets you decide which hospital will be your final destination. Regardless of the nature of your illness or injury, if you're hospitalized while traveling, they'll be there for you. So take trips, not chances, and visit MedJetAssist.com or go to RudyMaxa.com and look under radio sponsors for more info. 43 after the hour. Welcome back to Rudy Max's World. We're coming to you live from uh, County Donegal at, and the Loch-esque castle in northwestern uh, Ireland. I'm delighted to be here. You know, yesterday at the end of a long day of touring, uh, we pulled into Donegal Town and uh, my genial guide who was just on the air, uh, Keith Corcoran, said, we gotta, we've got to go to the old castle bar. I mean, that's the only place to go. And we walked in and there was this low-ceilinged... Uh, uh, pub right out of an Irish pub, right out of a movie. And uh, behind the bar was a uh, distinguished-looking gentleman uh, by the name of, an, and I've been mispronouncing Irish names all day. Why stop now? Shersha? Shersha, yes. Shersha O'Toole. I love the, I got the O'Toole part down. And Shersha means, it would be translated into in American English as George. That's correct. Shersha. That's correct. Doesn't sound at all like George. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Where are you from, George? Originally from County Wicklow. Okay. We were we were in the hotel business for many years on there, and uh, we sold our hotel some years ago, and fortunately found ourselves uh, in the centre of Donegal town. Well, tell me about the old castle. It's right across the street from the old castle in Donegal. Yes, um, but it's stone. I mean, it looks like it looks like it's really old, not pretend old. Well, the building goes back quite quite some time, uh, probably up to the 17th century. Um, we're not quite sure. Just how old? 17th century is like this castle. We're talking 1600s yeah, here. Absolutely, absolutely. Indeed, the the, the back end of the bar uh, was originally uh, a stable, and we reckon it may have serviced the needs of the castle across the road in years gone by. Do you know how long it's been a bar? It's been a bar, certainly early 1800s, possibly earlier. My goodness. And, uh, you know, I uh, we were just talking to the chef here at the hotel. You were in the room. You, you heard it. Um, 
I, I was surprised at the menu, the emphasis on salads and on fresh fish, um, because you know I'm an old guy and I'm used to coming to this part of the world, Scotland, to Ireland, to to, to England, and uh, and 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 having fairly routine food in a pub, nothing special. Sure, and sure. and you, you, who who is that? Your decision, or was it already there when you bought the pub? No, well, there had been a restaurant there uh, maybe 10, 15 years ago, but it, it had been closed for many years. So uh, when we moved to Donegal, uh, I could see that there was nobody really uh, selling the beautiful seafood that's available locally in the town. So uh, we decided that we'd put our emphasis on, on the seafood. And uh, we set about building a team first. And we were very fortunate to find some excellent chefs from, from the locality. Mm -hmm. And uh, we got together a good team for the front of house as well. Um, mostly local, but with a sprinkling of international. You know, you're a gastro well. pub, aren't you? That's the new well, word. Gastro yes. pub. Some people don't like that term. A little too, you know? a little too hip and <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, tell me, tell me a little about uh, the role of the pub in society here. As Americans, we have an idealized version of the pub being a, uh, the English pub or the UK pub, I should say, being sort of a gathering place for the community. Is that a stereotype that's gone out of fashion, or is do you find your your bar is still a place where the community gathers, not very just... much so. Very much so. Uh, we we would have our locals, our locals that call to us uh, on a regular basis, and it would be the centre point of their social life. And they meet the same friends there on a regular basis, some more regular than others. <laughs> um, and I gather there's music. Some uh, we, I, was, I was there mid, you know, late in the afternoon. But no, we 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 don't have live music in our bar. We just have good conversation and crack. Ah, okay. And crack uh, is, of course, you can define it. It's the Irish for fun. Right, exactly. And, uh, so you say we have good conversation and crack. That's how you use crack in a sentence. That's it. That's it. Very cool. Yeah. Uh, we've only got a minute left, George. I'm sorry, because I could probably talk bars sure. with you all sure. another hour. But um, I, I know there's no smoking allowed anymore. Did that affect your business? It did indeed, yes. And then the drink driving laws has affected it to some oh, degree yeah, as yeah. well. Uh, but I think uh, more and more pubs have had to move towards the food industry and uh, offer offer attractive uh, food as well as drink. So it makes somebody who can't smoke at least make it worthwhile to come in. Yeah, yeah. For something yeah. other they, than they cigarettes come and beer. For, they can come for a meal and have a few have a few pints as well. And um, we're fortunate in that we're in the centre of town, uh, which means most a lot of people can walk to us. And we have a very good taxi service outside the door as well. We, we so, also have very good fish and very good Guinness, and I was uh, uh, honored to be able to enjoy it yesterday. Thanks for, uh, thanks for coming on the show today. You're very welcome. Lovely to talk to you. Nice to talk to you. Um, Shersha, did I get it right? That's it. Shersha, a.k.a. George O'Toole, is the proprietor of Old Castle Bar. you can got a website, oldcastlebar.com, and old has an E on the end of it, so you know it's really old. Oldcastlebar.com. Stick around. I'll have a couple deals of the week coming up right after these messages. To participate in the program and speak with Rudy Maxa, call 800-387-8025 or email the show at info at rudymaxa.com. To join Rudy Maxa, call 800-387-8025. You can email the show at info at rudymaxa.com. Now back to Rudy Maxa's World. 
nice to be back. It's 52 minutes after the hour. I'm Rudy Maxa. Thanks for joining us today. We are coming to you live from the Loch S Castle in northwestern Ireland. Oh, my goodness. It's been a fast two hours, much too fast. But I've learned a lot. I've mispronounced a lot of uh, Irish words, and uh, I need to go back to school for that stuff. Got a couple of deals of the week I want to tell you about. Oh, there's, I forget about our soundbite. Even in Ireland, we've got the uh, cash register going. Unbelievable. Oh, let's start with an airline deal. Um, American Airlines, sorry, I was just running into, from uh, doing something outside in front of the castle. How often do you get to say that? American Airlines announced a sale this week, and it's uh, sort of logical to expect uh, that competitors on matching routes will meet Americans' prices. Uh, for domestic tickets, you have to book by a week from Monday, November 14th, and travel is good through Valentine's Day. Now, between the U.S. and Europe, you have an extra day to make your decision, booked by November 15th. But pay attention closely. Travel with these sales price tickets for next spring. Travel is for these sale price tickets for next spring, between April 1st and June 15th. So if you ever wanted to spend April in Paris, this could be the sale for you. And if you want to cross the Atlantic in business class, Americans offering sale price tickets for travel between May 22nd and June 15th. The prices are beginning at about $993 each way between New York and Frankfurt, not including taxes and fees. Figure another $300 for taxes and fees. You've got a book by November 15th. So there you go. Uh, Starwood Caribbean Hotels and Resorts is offering what they call a retreat to the heat deal. Uh, that delivers savings in the form of one free night and a resort credit ranging from $75 to $250 at these Starwood Caribbean hotels and resorts. The Westin Resort and Casino in Aruba, the Sheraton Nassau Beach Resort and Casino in the Bahamas, and the Westin Casarina Resort and Spa in Grand Cayman, in Puerto Rico, the St. Regis, the W, the Sheraton, and uh, the Sheraton Old San Juan. And in San Martin, the Westin Dawn Beach Resort and Spa, and uh, U.S. Virgin Islands, the Westin on St. John. So there you go. Uh, rates are between $160, $161 and $425 per night. You can book now through December 15th for travel. Good through January 31st. Go to starwood.caribbean forward slash retreat to the heat. And if you've ever wanted to visit Ireland and Loch S Castle, there's a special offer here as well. Stay two nights and get a third night free, and that includes a full Irish breakfast for two. And this is good for midweek stays from Sunday through Thursday, and room rates begin at 185 euros a night. Check it out. Lock S Castle. And Lock is, by the way, is spelled L-O-U-G-H, and Esk is E-S-K-E. Lock S Castle. So there you go. Um, Ritz Carlton's also got a deal, by the way, going on. Um, it's uh, it's they've got deals for their resorts, which. Uh, uh, is a package that includes accommodations, daily American breakfast for two, and a $100 resort credit, and what they're calling a unique destination experience. I put that in quotes, a unique destination experience during each stay. I don't know what that is, but you'll find out. Ritz-Carlton Urban Hotels are offering also a room, two breakfasts each day, and a $50 resort credit, as well as one of those unique destination experiences during your stays. Just go to ritzcarlton.com and click on offers. Uh, boy, it is, as I say, been entirely too fast uh, two hours here in Ireland at uh, the Loch S Castle. Uh, I only wish I could live here. In fact, I'd like to just sit by that fire for about three months. You may have heard it crackling in the background. I want to thank uh, Loch S Castle staff, especially uh, Aoife Travers and Sinead McGowan for helping out on this broadcast. Thank you, Aoife and Sinead. Uh, also, a big thank you to Amanda Boyle from uh, Tourism Ireland Northwest in County Donegal. 
uh, and to Ellen Redman in the Dublin office of Tourism Ireland. Uh, thank you to our uh, on-site engineer, Brendan Nugent from Blitz Media Limited in here in Ireland and Jeff Ryder back in the home studio. You can find more information about uh, visiting western part of Ireland by going to rudymaxa.com. And on the homepage, you will see a graphic for Ireland. If you just click on it, uh, you can learn all kinds of details. As I said, this is, this, is, this is one of the least visited parts of Ireland, and that's not right, having uh, been here. If you're interested in hiking, if you're interested in uh, 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 horseback riding or hunting or fishing uh, or just hanging out in a, in a fabulous pub and eating some fresh fish, this is a wonderful part of the world. Again, go to rudymaxa.com, go to the homepage, and click on the Ireland icon, um, and, and you'll go right to it. I wanted to read you a line about, uh, about uh, bogs. We talked this hour, uh, we, we just made a passing reference to bogs, and uh, uh, I have a piece here written by our guest, uh, uh, Keith Corcoran, uh, describing the different kinds of bog, bog men in Ireland. It's a great piece, and he's got a couple of great lines I wanted you to read. Um, he, uh, he said that, uh, let me see, let me find it here. Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Oh, he says both, he, he talked about two kinds of bogmen, highland and midland bogmen, who said are unique in the Western world. Uh, and like the bogs they work upon which they have preserved food and kept priceless treasures, secrets for millennia, bogmen held a wealth of natural learning and local lore within themselves. Let me explain this. Out here in the countryside in County Donegal, are these bogs, where in the spring, bog men and increasingly uh, mechanical tractors go out and actually cut this bog, it is this, this, this earth, and it is then dried and used as logs for fire uh, later, in the, uh, later in the fall and, and in the winter. It's a fascinating subculture here. Look for it when you come to Western Island. I hope you do. We got to go. I want to thank my executive producer, Anna Schofield, and again, all the folks here at Lock S. Castle and Tourism Ireland. Stick around next week. You've We're going to come to you. to Rudy Max's World, and as always, you're hearing Must Hear Radio on the SSI Radio Network.